declare the glory of God, that nature itself declares your power, your goodness, your graciousness. So Heavenly Father, we pray that we as the church would join in that song, even as we gather here, that we would lift your name, that we would honor you, that we would bless your name, for you are worthy of worship. We pray that you'd be honored in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Psalm 102, as we walked through last week, is very much of a lament. It's a cry to the Lord, whereas Psalm 103 is more of a praising the Lord, blessing the Lord. Psalm 103, follow along as I read. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So we come to Psalm 103. It's really a progression. It starts here with the first several verses, verses 1 to 5, and it's really focused on personal. And then it backs up, verses 6 to really 16, focusing more on national. And then verses 17 to 22, then even cosmic or universal. God's blessings to me, God's blessings to the nation, God's blessings to in all of creation. So as you start, it begins with this call to worship. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. It's the idea of to express praise and thanksgiving to God. 
Recognize who he is. Respond to him. Tell of what he is and what he has done. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Deep within me, not just my mouth, but my soul itself. In fact, it goes on to say, and all that is within me, to my very core, not merely empty words. How many of us have come to church and then we sometimes we'll come in and we'll sit down and, and there's kids going, running around, there's different things going on and, and we're, we're halfway through the song service before we're really kind of focused. Those first several songs, we're just, we're saying words. We're not really thinking, we're not really focused. That's not what is going on here. He's not just saying, you know, just say these words. No, this is a response from deep within us, from our very souls. All that is within me. Praise that rises from the very depths of who I am. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. This is a call to personally bring to mind all that the Lord has done. For me, think through what God has done for you. How has the, has the Lord blessed you? He's worthy of worship for those reasons. So, during the summers, we don't have kids' programs. We have the kids with us. So, kids, I guess if you feel that you fall into that category, you can raise your hand as well. Kids, young people. Who can raise your hand and tell me what, what are some things that you are, let's start with, thankful for? Some things that the Lord has blessed you with. Some things that you are thankful for. Yes. Your family. That's a good one. Right? The Lord has blessed you with a family. Friends. That's another good one. The Lord has blessed you with good friends. Your dad. Yeah. The Lord has blessed you with a good dad who loves the Lord and points you to him. Who cares for you? Anything else? Yes. For what? For what you have. Yes, all the things that you have. Right? Even, even toys. Do you know you can even thank the Lord for the toys that he has given you? All right, what else? Anything else? Anything else that we are thankful for, kids? Did I see a hand? Yeah. For, oh, when God gives you free stuff? Yeah, when he provides for you, he provides for us. That's exactly right. All right, let's move beyond just kids. Kids, you can still raise your hand, but anyone. What are some things that we are thankful for? Some personal ways that the Lord has shown himself uh, or, or some benefits, forget not his benefits, some of the benefits that the Lord has given us, some ways that he has blessed us. Yes. Salvation. Exactly right. His completed word that he has chosen to reveal himself to us. The Holy Spirit. Yes. Hmm. For health. Amen.
Yeah. Yeah, God's grace and in and out of every single day, even in the, the mundane things. When we need something, we, we have a God to whom we can call out to, who we know will hear us. Jobs. Yes. Avery? Mom, yeah. Family, friends, those who the Lord has put around us. Yes, Emma? House. The Lord has provided uh, protection, a place for us to, to go and to live. And yes. Your church? Yeah, that's exactly right. The Lord has provided a church, a body of believers around us. All right, these are all things that the Lord has provided. And this is a psalm calling us, don't forget these things. In fact, he goes on to list five things here, several of which we've already mentioned tonight. Forget not all his benefits, and some of these include who forgives all your iniquities. The grace of God, the mercy to forgive our sins, who heals all your diseases. Again, the idea of health. Not just dealing with the soul or my heart, but even with my body. The Lord has given health. He redeems your life from destruction, the idea of salvation. To redeem, that idea of to, to buy back. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Just general grace throughout the day. Your, your life has been marked by steadfast love and tender mercies of the Lord. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Food and water. Daily bread. I was just talking to Betty before the service. And James said that, that we've been praying for um, his family and his little church there in Africa. This tribe that has come through and has been causing all this violence. The, the tribe is, has moved on. Uh, or at least they're not causing violence any, anymore. Um, so we praise the Lord for that. But one of the things that he mentioned to Betty was that. His church, many of the people in his church, they are starving. They don't have food. And this stems from the issues in Ukraine. Ukraine provides a lot of the grain that goes into Europe and to Africa. And so prices in Africa have risen. And in that culture, as Betty was explaining to me, the deaf, if they don't have family, if they don't have someone around them, then they just kind of, they starve. They're left on their own. There's no one to fend or to care for them. And so many of the deaf that are in James's church are literally starving. They don't have food to eat. And yet here we sit in our air-conditioning church, many of us with our bellies full, having just come from dinner. We have so many reasons to praise the Lord. So many benefits. One commentator, Alexander White, said this, In these verses we have the law court the hospital, the slave market, the throne room, and the banquet hall. God has provided all of these things for us. So forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In verse 6, the psalmist David moves beyond personal, even to national, looking at the nation of Israel. What has God promised to Israel? How has God shown himself to Israel? The Lord executes righteousness. He does what is right. Justice is for those who are oppressed. 
Again, just talking about the, the context of where we are in the Psalms. In Psalm 1 and 2, it's the cry of the oppressed or the overwhelmed. We see that even in the byline at the beginning. And now in Psalm 103, we have the hope of the oppressed and overwhelmed. It is the Lord who executes righteousness and justice for those who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord revealed himself to Israel in word and in deed. He came to them at the mountain, at Mount Sinai. He gave them the law. He met with Moses on the mountain and said, This is who I am. And then they saw it as well. They saw it in the parting of the Red Sea. They saw it as he led them across the wilderness, as he provided manna for them. As armies fled before them, as the Jordan parted and they crossed in. Then they also saw it in the curses of the law. They saw it as they were carried off into exile. God is just. That's a part of who he is. In fact, verse 8, quoted almost directly from Exodus 34, 6-7, as God does pass before Moses. This is who the Lord is. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. The passage goes on to say, but he will not. He will not overlook our transgressions. Verse 9 here in Psalm 103. This is who the Lord is. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. He's abounding in mercy. And he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. The idea of to strive is to bring an accusation against The idea here is that the Lord has brought accusations against his people. He has sent them into exile. He has punished them. They have faced the consequences of their sin. The Lord has done justice, and now he will show mercy. He will not keep his anger forever. Verse 10, the the nation is rejoicing in this reality. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. And this is not just the testimony of the nation of Israel. This is the testimony of every single one of us who are in Christ. Praise the Lord that he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Because we deserve infinitely more. We deserve eternity in hell, separated from God. We have no rights to come before him or to be in his presence. And yet in his mercy, by grace alone, we cry, Abba, Father. It's not punished according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As high as the heavens are above the earth, unable to be comprehended, unable to be measured, So great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Praise the Lord for God who is merciful and gracious. For as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The east and the west that never touched, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. What hope this is for sinners saved by grace who know the mercy of God. Our God is not vengeful toward those who repent. 
He does not keep a bag of our sins next to us that he can bring up to accuse us with. He does not hold your sin against you. He does not mark you with a scarlet letter. But as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgression from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He does not approach his own with apathy or with anger, but with deep care and love. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them who fear him. Think of my own father in times as a, as a kid, even when I was being punished. As my dad would come in the room, as he would get his belt to spank me with, I knew, I knew that he wouldn't go too far. I knew, even through that punishment, that he loved me, that he cared for me, that even he pitied me. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. We see that even in verses 14 to 16 because he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He created us. He knows us. He knows our weakness and our frailty. As for man, his days are like grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. The frailty of man here highlights the care and the gentleness with which the Lord approaches and deals with man. This is the God of the universe who has all power and authority. Yet the picture is of him gently dealing with those who have offended him, those who have rebelled against him. He shows us mercy and grace. Again, even flipping it now as I come to punish my kids. Right? There's times where I have to deal with things. But I approach them according to who they are. I don't deal with my seven-year-olds and younger like I would deal with a grown man who's attacking me. Because I know them. I care for them. I pity them. I am gentle with them. I know their frailties and their weaknesses. That's how the Lord dealt with the nation of Israel. That's how the Lord deals with us. And, and really, it's almost shocking because we've read the Old Testament, right? We, we know how Israel acted. They don't deserve God's mercy and grace. And brothers and sisters, that's the point. None of us deserve God's mercy and grace. And yet he is gentle and loving and merciful towards us. As you come to verses 17 to 22, the psalmist now is backing up. We started personal, he backed up to national. Now he's backing up even greater to cosmic. And in these verses, there's a renewed, now fully informed after reminding us of all of this, now there's a renewed, fully informed call to, joy the, to join the psalmist and blessing the Lord. With this big picture view that we get here in these verses, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. 
without end. It knows no limits on those who fear him. His righteousness to children's children, to generation after generation, to such as keep his covenant. To those who fear him, to those who keep his covenant. To those who fear and submit and obey the Lord. And to those who remember his commandments to do him, to do them. Verse 2 is a call to forget not his benefits. Verse 18 is a call to remember his commandments. Taken together, this psalm is a call to forget not his benefits so that you will not abandon his commandments. Forget not who God is and what he has done for you. And let that spur you to submission and love and response and faith to who he is. Because the Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting because he is the all-powerful God who himself is from everlasting to everlasting, whose reign is from everlasting to everlasting. His kingdom rules over all. We saw that even in Ephesians 1, did we not? Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, sat down at the right hand of the Father, given all authority. There is not anything in this age or in the age to come that is not under his authority. And he was given to the church. The church, who is his body. What a powerful passage that is. Once again, here in verse 19, we're reminded of his great power. There is nothing that does not fall under his rule. In fact, he goes on here in verses 20 and 21. Lest you think that he's just talking about earth itself. He calls the, the psalmist here calls the angels to respond in blessing the Lord. He calls all of creation to respond in blessing the Lord. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Even the mighty angels who've done these mighty deeds, these angels who every time they show up in Scripture, men are terrified. Even they are called to bless the Lord. Even they fall under His rule. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you ministers of His who do His pleasure. Bless the Lord, all His works creation itself that right now groaned under the curse but one day itself will renew its song of praise all his works the sun the moon the stars the earth itself in all places of his dominion from every corner of every galaxy from every jungle and ocean on earth that has not yet been explored. I mentioned in my prayer that, that telescope, I don't know if you guys have seen some of those pictures. Isn't that a new telescope that's supposed to be way better than a Hubble telescope? And they can see way out into space. And some of these pictures that are coming back are just mind-boggling. And our God created that. And our God rules over that. 
stars that we are just now seeing. God has cared for them for all this time. He knows their name. Talk about making you feel really small and tiny when you look at some of those pictures. And insignificant. And God loves you and cares for you. So bless the Lord, O my soul. He is great. He is good. And he has done so much good for me, so I will bless the Lord. I will not forget his benefits and all that he has done. Even that exercise we went through earlier as we recounted to each other some of the blessings. Right? We tend to do that at Thanksgiving, but not other times of the years. Do it regularly. Regularly remind yourself of all the benefits that are yours in Christ. All the things that God has done for you. How great, how good, how powerful, how loving, how gentle, how gracious, how merciful he is to you. Forget not all his benefits. With that, we're going to transition to a time of prayer. And then uh, a shorter time of prayer, because then we've got a uh, business meeting. Again, a very short business meeting, not much to cover, but 